Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Black Belly Dance Bundle podcast series. Today, we're bringing you a new topic, and it is, is belly dance different on black bodies? Join me, Ebony, and Tiffany as we get together with incredible dancers, Sadira Lady Liquid, Chudney, Nefertiti, and Omaladun for a chat about what's different about being black in the belly dance world. We're going to muse about our hair. We're going to talk about being one of the only black dancers in classes and in competitions, and also about finally having the feeling of belonging in your community. Listen in as we talk about unique costuming concerns, and we're going to touch upon differences in body types. We really hope our discussion inspires you as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Yala Rocks. I'm usually your host, Tiffany, but today I'll be passing it over to Ebony. Ebony, take it away. Hi. So today we are here with some of the most brilliant artists in the game. I'm here with my friends. Hi, I'm Sadira Lady Liquid. Hey, everybody. This is Amaladun. Hi, I'm Chudney. Hi, everybody. I'm Nefertiti. And what we're discussing in this episode is, is belly dance different on black bodies. So we're going to be discussing how the experience might be unique to those of us who are black folks who are learning belly dance or performing it. Is it different in ways that are physical, like in terms of our hair, our bodies, the makeup that we wear when we're performing? Is it different for us culturally, given our backgrounds? Um, Are there any differences when we're costuming ourselves or or anything else that we can think of. Um, so I might start it off with um, something that I found different for me when I first started performing. So, you know, I came up in belly dance here in Washington, DC, and I was learning traditional style, oriental style belly dance. And I thought, or my, my opinion was that I was gonna be <laughs> better presented like I'm gonna I was gonna present myself better in this dance if I had long luscious locks of hair (laughs) I just felt like because of who I had seen professionally I thought that you know and I want to be clear none of my teachers and none of my peers suggested to me (laughs) that I wear a wig this is not something that somebody was like you need to do this this was something I took upon myself I felt like I would just fit the role better if I, you know, had long hair. So I wore wigs whenever I was dancing traditional style. And I think not until, and and the reason I wore wigs is because I have Afro textured hair. I have, in its natural state, my hair is curls that can be an Afro if I want it to be, which I usually do. Um, But I didn't think that wearing, I didn't think that having an Afro matched with a bedla. I just didn't think it went together. So um, not until I started doing fusion style, um, I was learning from like Rachel Bryce. And, you know, she was not dancing with luscious long locks of hair. She was doing something completely else. So I was like, well, if she's doing that, then I can wear Afro. Like, that's that's fine. Um, So then I was doing both. And then eventually I started being like, well, you know, I'm going to try wearing an Afro, wearing my like traditional belly dance costuming. Um, And eventually that felt fine for me. But um, yeah, I'm going to say that in the beginning, I was like, I don't know about I don't know about having black girl hair and doing like oriental style. Did anybody else have that coming up? Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember like I had the same thing. I wanted to have the long locks, the hair all the way down to your booty. It needed to be super straight. And I was treating, if you look at my old videos, I was heating my hair to crispy, nothing, trying to keep it all long. And it was, it was fusion dance where all of a sudden you had dancers with tattoos and showing things a little different that all of a sudden I was like, well, what happens if I didn't straighten my hair? And let me tell you, my hair is so much happier. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. I mean, obviously, why why can't we show up as we are the way that our counterparts show up as they are? It was a conversation that was never really brought up, and I am ready to bring it up. <laughs> are we bringing it up? I definitely had this experience. Um, 
early on that that was what I thought too like we had to have straight hair and I think it kind of not only in the dance world but just like in life I felt like my hair had to be straight and I had a lot of um you know like I used to spend my Sundays growing up like with rollers roller setting my hair for like three hours on Sundays and people knew not to come knock on my door because Chudney was not coming out on Sunday. (laughs) So (laughs) I took this mentality going forward and then it was like further solidified. Like when I started doing like competitions and getting feedback and they would talk about my hair and, um, you know, and just, I think, eventually I got, I got, it was hard for me to travel and maintain that look, you know, just being sweaty and it's a lot of effort. And just, I just started embracing my curls and loving my hair as it is. And, um, you know, I, I currently live with my, my mom and she'd be trying to, she'd be like, let me do your hair. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Like, this is it. Chadney's going to keep her curls. I love my curls. Um, you know, it's it's become a way of how I dance and I move on stage. It's like an extension of me. So, yeah, I can't imagine you with straight hair, Chadney. I don't think I've ever seen it. Did You used to straighten your hair. Yeah. Yeah, all the time. Especially, like, if I had, like, a big stage performance, I used to, like straighten my hair and then like when at workshops and stuff I would have to like pull it back tight so like when it got sweaty it wouldn't like start crawling up again and you know Ebony come to think of it I the first time I saw you perform I didn't know who you were you just came up on my YouTube you know back in the day when we used to get up in the morning and watch YouTube dance videos all day and you popped up dancing on this tiny little blip of a stage in front of a huge band and you had an afro and I was like, huh, okay. And you were all fusioned out with, you know, the, the, the look, but you were authentically yourself. And that just mind blowing, open doors in my heart, my brain all over. Thank you for saying so. I mean, I also remember, yeah, thank you for that so much. I remember seeing Omar Gamal doing a traditional piece in a video wearing long braids. And uh, I had never seen anybody else do that before. Um, But like, yeah, like black girl braids, not necessarily like cornrows or anything, but like extensions. And it was dope. Like, did any of you all see that? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that clip and absolutely love it. I was was, uh, just thinking like, I think Chutney might have these straight hair pictures of her in a vault somewhere because I feel like I've seen just one. And I know that that used to be a thing, but <laughs> yeah, just Chani, the way you move, like you need the big hair, you know, um, it just yeah, moves totally. so beautifully with you. Um, I actually had a little bit of a different experience, um, I would say. I, um, I grew up with a mom that was very, very, very uh, pro pro-Africa everything, (laughs) like Africa, like anything that comes from Africa is good. Um, You know, uh, I've kind of grown up feeling like a visitor in the U.S. a lot of times um, because I uh, had um, my bio dad is Caribbean. My stepfather, who I grew up with, is West African. So I'm definitely more culturally West African. So that whole like hair straightening and all of that, that just wasn't a thing in my house. Like um, I have a sister who loves to experiment with her hair and that includes everything. Like, you know, she just wants to experiment. So I just remember, you know, there being like this big kind of scandal in the house cause she had bought a flat iron unbeknownst to my mom. and. And we was like, ooh, oh, where's that? Like, where you had it? Like, it was, y'all, when I say it was, like, wrapped up in some clothes, like, shoved in the back of a drawer somewhere. Like, it was a whole to-do. So <laughs> that was really the environment 
I was coming from. And yes, I was very aware of, uh, you know, the, the Eurocentric beauty norms. And I'm not going to say that I was like immune to it, but I just had parents that were very vocal <laughs> about um, African beauty. Um, and when I started dancing in earnest uh, as an adult, um, that like my beginner dancing into like becoming a professional dance days happened while I was living abroad. I was living in uh, Japan and I don't know about y'all, but like, I'm not, it's, it's a select few salons that's ready for this. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like you can't just roll up in a Japanese salon and be like, yeah, give me the straight hair. They're going to be like, mm. Mm. so, you know, that, <laughs> And then even if you get a flat iron over there, which I did, it doesn't, the, the voltage doesn't go up high enough to, to actually get, I just ended up looking like I had blow dried my hair and it was a three day old blow dry. Like that was an earnest attempt at straightening my hair. So um, by that point, I was just trying to do different things. It wasn't because I was like, oh, belly dancers have straight hair. I actually... Um, you, you know, all of the, my initial videos and whatnot, like I have, I have an Afro, like I just didn't, it wasn't a thing for me, like to be like, I have to look like this, but my, um, hair straightening, um, journey, I would say came out of really me being like, I'm an adult now. I can do what I want. If I want to blow dry and straighten my hair for a show or for, you know, for life then I'll do that. And, you know, because I wasn't allowed to do that growing up. So for me, it's kind of a little bit of the flip side. Um, but, you know, I, I really loved hearing you guys' experience. It really just like touched my heart. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> I love hearing your journeys to just accepting, you know, this the way that you are and presenting yourself fully as yourself. And um, I feel like I definitely have that in other ways, but yeah, hair just happened to be less of an issue for me. Cool. Yeah. Does anyone feel like there's anything else unique about being black in belly dance? Like, is it different? Are there certain moves that you feel like are different on our bodies or does costuming feel different? I'm going to come in with the costumes. Because, you know, um, first off, can we talk about nude? Like, nude is not nude. Like, stop. Stop that. Thank you. Like, Thank you. Like, you know, even with our counterparts, they don't all have the same nude. So what's going on here? You know? <laughs> so if we could just cut that out. I'm really, I, there's, there's something just kind of like deflating when, you know, everyone's getting a costume and the, the nude portions of the costume match their skin at, you know, as much as possible and yours, it just looked like, what's she doing with that beige on? What's going on? <laughs> netting, yeah. netting over your <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I had that same thing happen when I was like doing um, ba uh, ballet dancing, you know, the early, early years when I was just a wee tot and they told us to go get nude tights. And I remember looking at my mom like, they want me to wear that? And she's like, no, baby, we're going to find you some sheer something that matches your skin. Because I was so confused because nude wasn't my nude. And even today in my dance company, there's a running joke like, oh, we have another nude bra. Do we have a nude in my nude and your nude? Who's nude? Like <laughs> this running thing because I'm so tired of that word. Can we say your skin tone, my skin tone, beautiful browns, some jewel tone. I mean, give me anything. Just drop the nude, y'all. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Dr. Valerie, do we have you? Yeah, do you feel like this dance is different on our bodies? Uh, I find that the dance is very different on our bodies. I think the way that women of color, black women move our pelvises is quite different from non-black dancers. I, you know, cause I study that. So I look at a lot of pelvic floor work 
mm-hmm. and how the pelvis moves. And it's quite different than how we move and hold our bodies. Mm-hmm. And um, the one thing that I want to chime in on that the young lady had mentioned before, I'm sorry I got on late, um, was, you know, the flesh colored, new color types that we used to wear in body stockings. And back in the day when I was dancing, you know, my instructor <clears throat> would tell me to use tea bags. Anybody have that? To dye your body stockings? Or that just my old generation? <laughs> we actually use tea bags. I've heard of that. Yeah. I've heard of that too. Yeah. For our clothing and for our little nude shoes we had to wear. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to be so, I actually was so embarrassed to have to, because I was the one that was being pointed out and it made me feel odd. Mm. And I remember carrying that even in today. You know, I just felt that oddness that I was that unique one, odd one. And that's how I wore it for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to see that all these beautiful, you know, skin tone flesh colors have emerged from manufacturers finally. Because we deserve representation without having to get tea bags. I heard <laughs> that. Our clothes. Yeah, it's already so much work getting your clothing together. I, I mean, it's ridiculous that we have to put in so much extra just to fit into their baseline. That's like, that just it, it absolutely, totally feels odd and it hurts and it's heavy. And that's why I feel like the dance sits differently in our bodies too, because just like sexual trauma, we're carrying around generational trauma. We have all this stuff that's buried in our bodies. So when we start moving and doing all this sensual stuff, we start unlocking those emotions and that's going to give you a very different quality to our Mm -hmm. dance, in my humble opinion. (laughs) That's so true. Sadira, I don't think I've thought of it. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot we're carrying and a lot that we need to express. And sometimes it needs to be left on the stage. Sometimes we need to do it in private and work through it. But I feel like there's so much of our own journey that we have taken and so much extra that we bring from our own history and from our own ancestry. And I'm speaking as uh, a black woman in America. So, you know, our our trauma, whatever we got going on in our bodies are different than our brothers and sisters that are still over in the motherland. Like that's hmm. going to sit different in their bodies too. They got a different story to tell, right? That's true. That's really true. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you have felt shamed in your body, like shamed in how, you know, you wear your hair or shamed if you've ever been shamed for your skin color or your size or your body shape then when you come to a belly dance class, you're definitely going to be holding yourself differently. Like you might not immediately wear like the half top and like come to the front of the class and be like, I'm ready. So that can be really different too. Can I tell you that it took me years to be able to get my chest lifts as high as my counterparts because, and I think my suspicion is because I had so much heavy shit (laughs) on my heart and so much on my (laughs) shoulders and so much shame and trying to do the same thing. There was this extra weight. And I I moved uh, early in my dance career to Oakland, California, where, you know, we are the home of the Black Panther movement. We have so much blackness right here in the soil, in the city, in the community, that it wasn't until I moved here that I became comfortable in my skin, that I became comfortable in my hair, that I started putting down some of the stuff I was told I was supposed to do or supposed to feel and started kind of getting authentically in touch with myself. And then my chest lifts got so much higher and my posture got impeccable. And they call me Lady Liquid. It's it's the extension. It's that there's a flow that comes once you get all those blockages out of the way, you know? Wow. Such a beautiful account. Like, I love that you shared. I feel like I'm going to be thinking about that now when I do undulations, like unlocking and unblocking and like feeling more fluid and more free in your your dancing. 100%, baby. (laughs) Yeah. And Dr. Valerie, I'm so interested in your workshop offering about the pelvic floor. I'm super excited about that because I feel like that's really important for any of us that are teaching hip work. Absolutely. I think it's it's critical for us to understand our pelvic floor. As teachers, we need to understand when our students come in with pelvic floor concerns, 
and how to work with them, how to measure them, um, what moves they should and should not do. If you have someone with, you know, pelvic prolapse, you they should not be doing certain moves. And I've have right now I have six belly dancers that I personally work with that I work on their pelvic floor and dance. And most of them are in the U.S. Three of them are in Europe. Um, because something we don't know as teachers is how to look at that and how to help them and, and how to guide them with certain moves. Because as I mentioned, they shouldn't do all types of moves. And the second thing for ourselves, how the stance looks on our bodies is quite different. I have a very tight pelvis. And so certain moves don't work well with me. Um, and I had to adapt the way I move. But to me, it's my signature style. It's not so much, oh, I'm trying to be different. It's I know my pelvis floor and I know which muscle is very, very tight and why I can't do certain things. So I've worked my body for many years trying to work on those tight points within my floor that's helped me. So I hope this class really helps people that are suffering from, you know, leaking urine when they're dancing or sneezing <laughs> for dancers that are uh, just had children and notice that there's a very loose pelvis situations going on. Um, and for those that even have any type of intimacy concerns, this workshop is really going to benefit them. It took me a long time to decide to do this for the dance community. I've been doing it in my profession for I don't know, 20, 30 years. But um, anytime you mix anything specifically targeting, you know, like the pelvis and you put sex in there, they're like, oh, we don't want to go there. But it's not about the, the sexual part. It's about really understanding the pelvis floor through dance and talking about all the science that has been done, especially belly dance and science um, to help people with pelvic floor concerns and what it looks like and how to move forward. So I hope people really enjoy um, this type of workshop, but I had a lot of shame about putting it out. So I'm like, nah, I don't know if we're ready to talk about pelvises specifically, <laughs> but here we go. We're gonna do it on the black belly dance bundle. Yeah, I think we're ready, and I am so grateful that you are be providing that for us. Um, and I wanted to also ask, you know, if anyone wanted to chime in on, like, was it different for you learning belly dance given whatever other kinds of movement movements you were doing before belly dance? Like, if you came up dancing to hip-hop or dancing to any other kind of, like, African um, influenced, inspired movement, did that show up for you when you started belly dancing? Or did it, did it make it more challenging for you? <laughs> um, I think there's kind of like actually two sides to this question that I'd like to address. And one is, yeah, for me, yes. You know, I, you know, umis, uh, pelvic movement, uh, torso isolated movements were not difficult. Um, they felt very comfortable, felt at home. Um, you know, and if, like Ebony, like you said, if you grow up doing any kind of movement that has those Afro influences, it could be salsa, it could be uh, West African movement, hip hop, you're going to, Caribbean dances, you're going to have, at some point, there's gonna be, you know, the whining, if you will, you know, there's going to be those kind of figure eights that are uh, in the circles that are in those other dances as well, because, you know, they're all from that same motherland source. So it's it's almost like speaking different dialects of totally. that same like root language in that way. Um, but kind of like another piece I wanted to address to like, the connotations that sometimes come along with that question is uh, the whole like, oh, this is easy for you because you're black or this is easy for you because you're Latina and that's how you grew up like doing those movements. So you don't work as hard or you don't have to work as hard or you know what I mean? Just the kind of like, just because certain movements might come more naturally because you have seen it before growing up doesn't mean that there is this like, oh, the black girl's just gonna walk in and know how to do it because she's black and you know she doesn't have to try as hard as us and we put in all the work, you know, like sometimes that can be a, a connotation for some people. Um, and 
you know, I know I do have a lot of black friends that have kind of almost traumatic stories of them, you know, walking into a dance studio with, you know, someone who doesn't look like them, who then just say it says something off the bat that's like very almost dismissive and has a lot of assumptions in it. Like, oh, you know, this isn't a shake your booty dance or, oh, you know, you can't just uh, a twerk or what, and, and call it belly dance or whatever. It's like, I, nobody came up in here saying that. So what's going on here? Mm -hmm. like, you don't put that on me. You leave that with you, you know? So, you know, um, Latina artists, black artists, uh, Polynesian artists, anyone who naturally has some of those, uh, some uh, similar movement vocabulary in their uh, dances, just because we're, we can be familiar, obviously I'm not gonna speak for like all these whole swaths of people, but I'm sure there's plenty of black folks who can't dance. Don't don't misquote me there. But just because we just because we might have grown up with some movements that are familiar to us doesn't mean we're not putting in uh, the same amount of time and effort to work on things like our posture, our timing, our musicality, our hand undulations, like showing up and doing having talent only gets you so far. You have to put in the hard work too. That was such a good quote. Can somebody write that down? Yeah, that is a really good quote. We need to put that on a t-shirt. This is being recorded. So. Tudney, Tudney, what was your background before? Um, um, I didn't really have any formal dance background. Um, I, like, throughout high school did cheering, and we kind of had, like, a... Um, a dance segment and you know we would you know we used to dance to like doodle brown hey <laughs> <laughs> so um in that respect I don't know if really that that training gave me any kind of advantage, but it, I think it gave me a lot of stage presence and um, animation here in my face. Mm -hmm. I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I forget they can't see me making faces. And that's probably a good thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, and um, you know, just like growing up, um, I danced, to, um, to a lot of like Latin music and reggaeton and salsa, merengue, the oldies, like all that good stuff. But I, you know, maybe it put a little flavor in me. I mm. don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna need a playlist from some of those from some of those genres. We need to talk after this. <laughs> I wanted to circle back to something that Omaladun said um, about like sometimes you might have black students who come to your class. And I have found that there are sometimes there are black women who come to my classes and they're kind of like apologetic up front that that they're they'll be like, well, I can't I'm not a good dancer in a way that's like specific to them, like as if I would expect them, like I think we have an expectation of each other to be good dancers and it's totally not fair. <laughs> and I have to be like, it's okay if you've never danced a day in your life and now you're coming and learning to belly dance, that's okay. But I do feel sometimes like black students are apologetic to me for coming in there being black and not being like, amazing dancers right away and like that's not on you that's not you don't have to do that let's just all learn together i i think that you know within blackness sometimes we we live and and believe in our own stereotypes yes and are really truly never stop expressed and we're not authentic in who we are because we still we still as a people can live in that stereotype yes. and so i've had the same thing with people coming to me i Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know how to dance. I'm like, why would I expect you? Because you're black. Yeah. You know, don't don't fit. Don't go into that label. It boxes you in. Not every black person dances. Not every black person eats fried chicken and watermelon. Not every <laughs> black, you know we don't. That's not us. 
let's just be real about it, right? It's, you know, put, put box in us and put believe in the box that, that, that we've been put in. Exactly. So we have to get out of that mindset and know that we're all unique and different because we are human beings, not just because we are black human beings, but because uh, we're human beings. So we're not going to have the same story. You gave me good. Yeah, but that hits home really hard. <laughs> yeah, that's... I think that's so important to remember that we don't all have the same experiences. Like we're not a monolith. We all have very different lives and different experiences and different ways that um, we're treated. I think that is just so beautiful the way that you, the way that you brought it in, because I do, I feel like especially uh, female bodied black dancers, typically we, we have so much expectation we've come from where we've come from we're supposed to be all the way at the top we have to script and save and and claw our ways to the top all the time it's this crazy narrative that we've been fed so i know i, I mentioned that i moved to oakland and recognized my blackness there the reason that it was so revolutionary is because i'm originally from the south i grew up in the carolinas so there was always that expectation of, well, you're black, so if you want to be seen, you're going to have to speak louder, do this, try harder. And yeah, I, I get that whole like showing up apologizing that I'm not already at some level. But thank you for opening that dialogue of show up as you are. Let's just be authentically ourselves. Thank you, Ebony and Tiffany, for giving us a platform so that we can be seen and heard and recognized and feel our people like oh my heart is bursting right now okay i'm done <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful <laughs> what about being um what about being a student what about being in classes what about your um your true your first troop recitals like how was that for everybody like possibly if, if anyone was like the only black girl in the troop or anything i don't have the experience of being the only black girl in the troop um as far as belly dance um, I was in plenty of diverse company, but, um, or, or competitions, like, honey, you did a lot of competitions, right? Yes. Um, so just kind of circling back to you were like, how are we unique or different in this dance? I didn't want to be like our color. <laughs> 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 but I mean, like, you know, especially like you were talking about like troop experiences, you know, being, you know, sometimes we're the only one in the group and we stand out like just, you know. Yeah, have, you know, five non-black dancers and then you have one black dancer, you know, your eyes going to kind of shift to that one black dancer, you know. So, um, yeah, and then in the competition circuit, a lot of times I would be the only Black dancer, Black Latina dancer, you know, um, competing. That's, you know, I'm sorry. I know I keep, I'm like, oh, I got feelings. Y'all are just tugging on it all. Um, because I also, I dance in a, in a company, you know, uh, Zoe Jake's. Oh, yeah. Coven yeah. Company. I'm one of the members and we have another black dancer, the lovely Pixie Four Tears. And we have Korean dancer, uh, May. So, you know, she, she plays all along the brown spectrum. But I will stand up and say I am of the darkest hue in our rainbow of hues on stage. And I we have traveled and performed and been on many stages where the lighting designer doesn't know how to light someone my complexion. They either blow out all of my lighter counterparts so that I get lit or I'm in the dark. And let me tell you how much I have spent dancing, trying to skip into a little piece of light. Come here, come here, I wanna be seen. Like, it's, it's like unreal. Are you jacking up the formations trying to chase the light? <laughs> Yo, it is a it's a very delicate dance. Like I want to be seen, but also like don't mess it up. And it and we've had conversations. Like I am so blessed that the leader of my troop is open to having those kind of conversations because I'm like, okay, so first our nudes. What what are we talking about? Second, how do I get lit so that I can be seen? How do we have a headdress that is not going to get caught in this, you know, in my hair versus all of y'all's 
you know, hair that has less volume. And <laughs> so like, there's, there's all these, these extra elements that people probably don't realize. Yeah. And then also if you, if you happen to dance with a troupe and you guys are all going to wear a certain headpiece, you got to figure that out. Mm-hmm. How do I pad mine just right? Do I need extra pins? Cause my, you know, well, actually they probably need more pins than I do, but <laughs> we got to anchor that puppy in there. You know, this black hair has got a little, little traction to it. Thank goodness. <laughs> and that, it's good for, yeah. for me with lighting. I, I'm always, I always get like whited out, like the lighting, you know, I become very Casper-ish. Um, I've had, you know, photography sessions with photographers that have, you know, they take beautiful, amazing pictures, but when they go back to Photoshop my pictures, like I'm a whole different skin tone. And I'm like, can you put me a little bit of melanin back? Just a little bit. I know I don't got a lot, but can you give me my little bit back, please? <laughs> and I've actually, like, I've actually had to reach out and say, hey, can you give me back my skin color? Because that yeah. is not my color. I've, I've taken their photos and put another filter, an Instagram filter on it so that I look my right blackness on it. Like, that's a struggle I don't know who else is having out there, you know? Like, can we be us? Oh, that's another <laughs> conversation about photography. Oh, my. That's always interesting when they try to get pictures and you're with a bunch of white people and you come out super, super, super dark where you can't even see your features because the camera will focus on the lighter skin. That always happens to me. I'm like, set the camera to my skin and they'll blend in. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you have to do so you see my features. You gotta tell the photographers. Yeah. If not, you come out looking like Casper or you come out looking like the boogeyman. It's either one or the other. <laughs> Those are not good options. <laughs> Give us better <laughs> options. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got pictures to prove that. Okay. I've got pictures to prove it. <laughs> and something else that's really unique. And I'm, I'm circling back to like coming up here in Washington, DC, all <coughs> my, my peers, like in our troops, we're very diverse. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of us. And whenever like any of us is blocking a piece, sometimes you like you block everybody and you put them and then you look and you're like, oh shit, I, I got to mix y'all up because you'll realize that you done put all the black girls on the right and all the Asian girls <laughs> and here's a white girl and you didn't even try. <laughs> you really got to like strategize. You need paper and pencil and then you have to move people around. Like I can't have it lopsided like that. That's very unique, but- um, Yeah, that is. <laughs> Ebony, don't you find don't you find that as, as black dancers, we look at those things, but I don't believe that white teachers or white choreographers oftentimes look at that. I look at it like you because, you know, I'm a black woman, but when I see them, I'm like, okay, y'all know y'all got all the black people on one side or you got them all on the back. I'm like, don't you see that? They're like, mm, no, I didn't notice that. No. I'm like, how can you not notice that? And that's always something that all, I'm like, I see it as clear as day. Why don't you? And I've never understood that in all the years of dancing. That's the. I just want to throw that out. That's I, that kind of underlined American racism that's just kind of ingrained in our story. That you know, it's sometimes it's hard it to is. pull out those threads, but mm -hmm. we got to start poking and pulling because this, this, we got to make some changes, y'all. <laughs> yeah, and you might get the um, I don't see color. You might get that. Ugh. Don't yeah. just miss us oh, like that. God. That's how you come out with them bogus that's, photos. That's why your photos are jacked up. That's, <laughs> that's why your photos jacked up. You, <laughs> exactly. What's going on? If someone were, when people say that, I don't, I'm like, how how are you not seeing this? I have an actual afro. I'm right here. Like, I'm so obvious. How can you not see? Like, you, there's no way you don't see color. You don't see this coke butter yeah. unless they're colorblind. Like, <laughs> right. Unless you no. literally run in red lights. I feel like people, um, directors who are used to diversity, they get used to it pretty quickly. Like they start to see it if it's brought to their attention. But yeah, it's it's unfortunate like when that is not paid attention to and not like fixed. <laughs> 
I definitely agree with um, Neff that it's it is something that we notice because we are primed to notice that stuff. And I'm I'm going to extrapolate and say that's probably similar for um, the Asian um, counterparts and uh, you know our Latina counterparts that are just primed to uh, be be looking for the representation of themselves on the stage and it's very noticeable uh, even different body types right um it's very noticeable if you have one sort of body type and you see everybody on the stage and no one has that body type like you're gonna notice like where you know where's the super curvy girls or where like the more like the stick thin girls like where are they like you're going to notice that stuff. And when you're operating um, in the world from the place of like, I am the standard, you can afford to not notice it. You don't have to, it doesn't affect you. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely Neff made a great point because not just like in my troops or um, one, of, one of my teachers, uh, Black Lady in DC, Lisa, um, shout out. Shout out, but yeah, she definitely would do that. She was like, all right, let's line y'all up by height. Let's see what's going on over here. And then she'd be like, yeah, that look good. Then she would step back and she'd be like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, Amalia, <laughs> get over there. Uh, Tiffany, get over there. Ebony, mm-mm, you gotta come up here. You know, so she would do that. And I always, we would always laugh. Like, laugh. That was so funny. <laughs> like the black girls, the Asian girls, the, the white girls, we would always be like, how we end up like this? <laughs> <laughs> she would say it. But, she would, uh-uh, I got to break this up, y'all. Uh-uh. <laughs> but yeah, we definitely notice it's not it's not just about like, oh, am I represented on stages? Does everyone who looks like me, are they always in the back? Or are they always, you know, so far stage left or right, they might as well be in the wings. Like, are they like, you know, are people in these shadow shadow blockings, if you will, that it's like, you know, you just because somebody's on stage doesn't mean you're actually doing your best to include them. So definitely just agree with Neff's point. One more question. Does anybody have any ways that they want to share that it's like specifically like celebratory? like being black and belly dance, like something that is like, mm, that's a really good thing about being black and belly dance. I just love seeing it. I'm gonna tell you right now, anytime I see some mahogany goodness on the screen, I'm just, whoo, whoo, I get so just hot and excited about it. That's the whole reason that I did the aphrodisiac show. Cause I was like, people need to see. Yeah. They, they need to see and be inspired and know that you know there's room for you too that you there are dancers that look like you that do what you want to do and look good doing it like come on um something that's probably really celebratory for me is just the music um i i i was um raised muslim like i'm used to hearing uh arabic like those sounds and whatnot but there's a lot of, uh, like if you're in the Gulf countries, you know, you're gonna hear uh, those polyrhythms that are very, very, very reminiscent of polyrhythms that you're gonna hear in East Africa or West Africa. There's a lot of, um, you know, just like the drums, you know, the Egyptian drums, like, I mean, I. If I could generalize, I feel like black people really love drums. So <laughs> I mean, I just feel like we yeah. love a drum. So like Booty when like space. hearing that music, I feel that connection um, that other types of music doesn't give me. And that makes me feel even more black sometimes. <laughs> so, um, you know, so even just seeing like, I don't know, someone from Kuwait dancing to their music. And then when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, this sounds so familiar. This sounds like some music my dad would play growing up. So Mm -hmm. just that connection for me, I would say, is what is most personally celebratory. And then uh, looking outward, I'm just going to agree with Sadira. Just being able to see other 
black dancers of all hues, you know, dark skin, light skin, looser curls, tighter curls, just knowing that the variety is out there and exists. Um, it just, it's so, you have to celebrate that. And um, I just love that we are making space for each other. I love that we're tagging people during this IG challenge and we're calling it, calling in other black dancers and um, all of that. So we could just like flood the feeds. But I think just that celebration of like, it's it, there's so much uh, pain that is instantly associated with black experiences in many parts of the world because of you know generational trauma that Sidero was mentioning earlier and, and um, systemic racism and things like that. Yes, those exist, but we have other stories. We have joyous stories and it's really beautiful to see all over my feed black women and every other woman, um, you know, bigger ladies, uh, you know, South American ladies just embracing their bodies and it being okay to show joy. Exactly. Yeah. I love that, Maladun. And that you you touched on something that I was gonna express as well, that there are specific there are stresses that are specific to black people. And there are stresses that are specific to black women um, that are very unique to us. And I love that this dance can be an outlet to like express joy and to just feel better. So that's something that I feel very celebratory about this dance for us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think for me, when I see a dancer overseas, when I'm traveling, um, a black dancer, that to me is something I just, I just run to her, whether she's in my class or in one of my shows, or if I'm in somebody else's show, that's something that always touches my heart. I'm like, yes. And I run up to her and give her a big hug and say hi, who I am. And we talk. It, it just got, I celebrate that when I see that, because it's, it's a rarity. It's a rarity to find it when we're traveling across the pond or around the world. So I celebrate that when I see it. And I also celebrate just seeing all these beautiful producers when I see Asadera, Lady Liquid put on her show, when I see myself put on a show in our group and um, Naima and, you know, Nadira, all these amazing, um, what's the lady in, in Atlanta? Oh my gosh, what's her name? That does Essence. Farida. Farida, thank you. Yes, Farida. Yes, when I, when I see all these black producers that are event organizers that are putting shows on, that's also a huge celebration because that's, that's business and it's art. And so those two, when I see that, I know that we're making progress. When I see black business owners doing this work, that is a huge celebration for me. Yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Valerie. Yeah, I, <laughs> y'all have put out so many beautiful ways to celebrate and I agree with all of them. Um, I personally love um, just the celebration of the movement in my body. Um, you know, even on days sometimes where I don't want to dance, like just putting on some music and moving in my body um, is a way I like to um, experience the dance and celebrate it personally. And, um, you know, um, it's, it's just a very special thing for me. And I think it's what keeps me coming back to this dance. And I don't know, you know, like, it's something about like the, the earthiness of the, the dance that just like really keeps me coming back for more or like when you take with those Egyptian teachers and they like, they show you that, that feeling, that motion in the body and um, you just re fall in love again. And um, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Just, I love, I love seeing us, however we show up and, you know, I hope we keep showing up and showing out and um, putting ourselves out there as our ourselves. And um, thank you. Thank you for 
for having us here on this platform and so that we can share a little bit of us and each other and love on each other. Oh, that's right. Let me see some folks that look like me and then <laughs> show it to some other people so we can feel like, oh, they look like me. I could be one of those. That's mine. I'm going to get in there. Come on. And you know, all of our allies, y'all welcome to come play. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for having this conversation. I loved every minute of it. And I especially want to thank Tiffany for giving us this platform to have this conversation in the first place. So thank you, Sadira. Thank you, Chudney. Thank you, Amala Dune. Thank you, Nefertiti. It was so great speaking with all of you. And I know it won't be the end of this conversation. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you, everybody. Hello, everyone. I want to share that getting to sit in on these conversations has been such an honor, and I hope that you have been enjoying them as well. Thank you so much to all of our amazing guests today, and of course, to my wonderful guest host, Ebony, for taking the time to share all of your experiences here on Yala Rocks. If you'd like to follow Sadira, Amaladun, Nefertiti, or Chudney on socials, please make sure to check out the show notes at thebellydancebundle.com slash 91. We've got it all linked up for you so you can follow them everywhere that they exist on the internet. And don't forget, the Black Belly Dance Bundle is on sale from February 16th to the 23rd of 2022, and you definitely don't want to miss it. So set that reminder in your calendar if you need to. We've got one episode left in this series, and spoiler alert, it's awesome. So make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you there. Bye.